<laughs> so today's show is, as Caitlin just said, kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, you know, this podcast is geared towards women and um, many of the women listening to this are mothers. So this is a great podcast for for the, sure the mothers to listen to or people that might want to be a mother one day. Yeah, that I mean ideal. I say many times this podcast, like, I wish I would have known all of this 13 years ago. Right. Why did nobody tell me to get a doula? I know. I know. Especially ones as awesome as them. So, um, on this podcast, we talk to Gina and Roxanne from Mama Stay Fit. And if you don't know their names, then you're behind. (laughs) You're living under a rock. (laughs) (laughs) about basically how they're celebrities not just local but one of them even mentioned how on her way to Aruba people saw her and recognized her and every time they go to Disney World or anything like that somebody comes up to them talking about their childbirth and (laughs) yeah they've made a big name for themselves uh nationally and I think they even have international clients so they were super fun to have in here um sisters and so that dynamic was really fun And uh, we had a great time. We did. We did. And just a little note, there is some explicit language in this one. Yep. As well as some details about childbirth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like, oh, yeah, we should mention that. (laughs) Yeah. So just something to keep in mind. This episode is not necessarily for little ears. Yes. Not for little ears. For adult mama ears. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, we think that you're going to, we don't think, we know you'll enjoy Gina and Roxanne of Mama Stay Fit. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's She's the the Boss. Boss. We've had multiple instances where someone thought that I was the younger sister, and it was a very theatrical like, surprise. Aggressive response. Why? Like, oh, Roxanne, who who's the older sister? Oh, Gina is. Oh, oh, I would not. I would, I would not have guessed that. that. And I'm like, and it uh, happened. It's happened multiple times. What's wrong with my like skin oh. care routine? Do I need to get a lymphatic massage? Like, make me look. So it's two years apart. Yeah. So we are it's nothing actually crazy. 22 months and five days apart. And then our daughters, our, her first daughter, and then my first daughter are 22 months and five days apart. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That is wild. Yeah. That's the universe working right I there, know. man. It was pretty cool. Yeah. When we figured it out, I actually went into labor the day before, but she waited, obviously, until the next day to come. And we're like, well, that's why she waited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds good. There you go. That works. <laughs> Why? Um, so what did you go to college for in upstate New York, both of you? So I went for nursing. I uh, went for art studio <laughs> to start. Oh. So what did what did that entail? Uh, I did a lot of ceramic art. Okay. No, but not cups. pottery. I, I was not into pottery. I didn't make any cups. I didn't you like didn't pottery. make it. When, who made the cup that I have? 
my college boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh oh. Okay. Mom actually has a few bowls by him in the house. Yeah, I'll throw the cup away. I was gonna Smash say, it. should I edit this? One? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I made the cups. Oh no, actually, I made that cup. I forgot. I made the. Did cup. you make that cup? Yeah, with assistance. We'll Lots go with of that. Assistance. We'll yeah. go with. That. We'll pretend I made the cup. So tell us the story of how you got from art and just nursing to deciding to you know tell us a little bit about your business and how you guys got there it's a very long journey so I started in college doing art studio I was trying to get a bachelor in fine arts so that I could pursue a MFA or a master in fine arts afterwards and I wanted to go to a specific university in New York for my master's that did a lot of like chemistry with ceramics and they do like the plates for like spaceships and stuff um, I ended up getting really sick working in the studio because I essentially got nickel oxide poisoning because um, oh, wow. there was no like safety requirements. And my this is not that long ago. And my professor was really upset that he got reported by the health department. I didn't report him, and so he kicked me out of the studio. And I'm like, well, now I can't make a portfolio to pursue a master's degree. And so I was like, I guess I got to do something else. Um, So I switched my major from fine arts to studio art and was maybe going to pursue like art therapy. And so I started dual majoring in psychology. And then um, I decided that I was going to join the army instead. And so I did ROTC in college, ended up staying five years so that I can complete all the requirements for ROTC, joined the army, did seven years in the army. And towards the end, met my husband. We decided to have a baby, and then I we decided as a family that I was going to get out because I was stationed down at Fort Stewart down in Georgia, and he was stationed here. And even with MACP, or the um, the dual army couples program, they wouldn't station us together. And they're like, well, you can finish command, and then you can we'll, – we'll move you together wherever. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to single parent – by myself for three years. Mm -hmm. So we decided that I was going to get out. And while I was on maternity leave, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life um, as a way to like contribute financially towards the family and just as a creative outlet for myself. And I somehow came up with the idea for perinatal fitness. I was like, I'll do prenatal and postpartum fitness training. I took like a weekend course. I started taking online classes and I would be at home during the day with my daughter, and then my husband would come home. He was in the 82nd at the time, so he was coming home like 8 or 9 p.m. at night, and he would mm, hang so out fun. with her while I worked on my website, worked on my programming. And so I started doing training out of Spartac, which doesn't exist anymore, but Randy's still in the area. He, I don't know what... I think he's still doing personal training at his... Um, I think he does, but they also have like a farm. They have a, like bed, a bed, bed and breakfast. breakfast. It's like Tanglewood oh, bed and breakfast. I've heard of that. So yeah. yeah, so... Anyone she cooks listening. all their food. It's su- they, she cute. also, his Lindsay, his wife, does the breakfast food truck. Not the breakfast food truck, but she does, she rents space from them. Yeah. I'm just trying to advertise for Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Casual shout out. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's a super cute farm. It's great. Um, so it was really, it was really wonderful to be in Spartac when we first started. So it was what I would define as like a prison gym. It was just like a bunch of dudes in like ranger panties working out. Yeah. And then like me and a bunch of moms and our babies. Which was, was that like, intimidating at all? Maybe not for you, but maybe no. for other women. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't Who know. knows? It yeah. was really dirty. No it was, it was gross, but it was nice because it was the only gym in the area that you can bring your kids with you mm-hmm. and they can be right next to you while you worked out. Because 
I had a four-month-old baby when we started. A lot of my friends that started working out with me, they all had, like, really young babies, too, like, less than a year. And none of us wanted to put our baby in, like, childcare while we went and worked out. Like, sure. And so it was really nice that you can work out and have your baby right next to you. Um, after about a year doing the prenatal and postpartum fitness, uh, one of my clients asked me to be her doula, and I was like... I'm not a doula, but I'll take a course. So I took another weekend course and then (laughs) became a birth doula. Um, At the time, my doula for my first birth, her dad was like really sick. And I think he was like near like the end of his life. And so she had a bunch of clients that she was like, well, I can't attend these births. Can you attend them for me? And so I was able to get a lot of experience really quickly, which was, you know, a blessing for me, like really unfortunate for her. And because of that, I started really learning a lot about birth and kind of how significant your perinatal fitness can really support your birth experience as well. Um, After about, I think it was like almost two years of being in Randy's gym, uh, we moved into our own brick and mortar space. And now we're located in Aberdeen off US 5 in our own building. And we have a chiropractor in our gym. We have a massage therapist. We've had like a rotation of different pelvic floor PTs. They just they just move, and then you know the military. The community, yeah. The military. We can't we can't keep any of our PTs, um, and so it's just it's just like a space where you can come and work out with your kid right next to you. The programming is specific towards your phase of life, and so it's kind of like personal training in in a group setting. So you got other people that you can talk to. Your kids have people that they can play with. And it's it's pretty unintimidating. It's a little intimidating when you first walk in because it's weights and squat racks sure. and gyms. And if you've never worked out in a gym before, it's always going to be a little scary. Um, but we try to make it pretty as welcoming as we could. When COVID hit and the gym was closed by the state, and that's like a whole nother conversation because Walmart was still open. But um, <laughs> we realized yeah. that have yeah. clients within this very specific time frame and their doctors are telling them to not leave their houses mm-hmm. anymore. It's really hard mm-hmm. to be like, hey, take a risk when we don't know what's going on and come work out with me. Like, continue Mm -hmm. to support my family. And then you have people that are, oh, how dare you, like, open your business. Like, you're, we need to flatten the curve and all that stuff. And then it's like, well, yeah, it's really easy for you to not be concerned about a small business, like, opening or shutting because you don't have any financial like liability. Yeah. So it's easy and, to be and like, how like, dare you? Weird to take care of your health during this time. Yeah. Like um, that's a priority. So <laughs> anyways, gym got <laughs> shut down. So because the gym was shut down, we have no more clients. I still have rent that I need to pay. Um, I essentially forced Roxanne to start doing online classes with me. And so we had been toying around the idea of developing online childbirth education course because our Instagram um, following has started really growing. So I think at this point we had, I think like 12,000 followers, which now is like, oh, how small sure. like with our current following. <laughs> yeah. But at the time was like, wow, we there's, there's yeah. 12,000 people that like really care about what we have to say. And it's all organic. Like we didn't pay for followers. We, I mean, we did a few like of those like giveaways where you do with another page where sure. you're like, hey, we'll get 10 new followers from this. But really it's just all organic growth. Yeah, and people, how many do you have now? We have, what is it? 220,000? Yeah. Just wow. a measly. Wow. I get excited Almost. when two more people follow us. Like today I was like, oh, 444 or something. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's those baby steps. No, I know. Yeah, like it's those very baby, baby steps. And so we had about 12,000 followers at the time and we're like, okay, well, we can't do in-person stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I already have some online fitness programs already established, thankfully. 
So we need to make this online childbirth education course that we have been kind of talking about and talking about and talking about, but just kept kind of putting it off. And I'm like, well, now we got an empty gym. Let's do it. And so we borrowed my husband's friend's camera and we recorded everything and we were like, well, I hope we get 100 people that sign up. And we had 100 people sign up and we were really excited. And then the, all the feedback that we got was, please get a microphone. Because we didn't use a mic. We just took our camera in the gym and we just filmed. Yeah. It's yeah. your first rodeo. And we were like, okay, we need to get a mic. And so we ordered this like mic off of Amazon <laughs> and we re-recorded it again. We've re-recorded this thing like four times. Now we have like an editor that helps us with everything. Yeah. And he's like, please... Please just listen to me. <laughs> um, but it's been a learning process along the way. And, and I usually like try to remind people of that when they ask or they're, they want to get into the online space and they want to have an online course. And because I'm like, hey, like you can only do so many people in person. Like you can only have so many mm-hmm. clients in person. You can only host so many in-person classes. And so there's a limit to how much you can provide with your service if you're only doing in-person once you venture into the online world, one, you move beyond Moore County. Now it's all of North Carolina State, all of the United States, around the world. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have to have 30 minutes set aside to one person at a time. It's like whoever wants to buy it. Now, it's not passive income. Like I still have to, we still have to work to promote our programs. Sure. There's a lot that goes into that. But I'll have friends that are like, oh, I really want to make like an online course. And like, I really want like kind of what you have. And I'm like, then do it. I'm like our first course we didn't have a microphone and people bought it right (laughs) and like and you just improve like people understand when you're coming as a small business like there's going to be hiccups here and there and most people are are very open-hearted with it we haven't really dealt with a lot of like trolls like occasionally here and there but generally people are like this is a small business I love supporting small business it's okay if it's not this perfect production of a product and the more that you kind of try to strive for protect or perfection the longer it's going to take you to get there. Mm-hmm. Like you're just, you're just going to stop yourself from creating anything. Um, so I essentially forced Roxanne to become a part of it with, she was, she went kicking and screaming. Yes. She <laughs> felt like she has a lot of imposter syndrome where she's yes. like, nobody cares what I have to say. Um, yeah, we, we talk about that. Yeah. We did imposter a whole syndrome. <laughs> uh, podcast on imposter syndrome and it keeps coming back up. <laughs> yeah, with almost everybody we talk yeah. to. Yeah. It's real. I, it's real. I think it keeps us humble, though. It's, no, for sure. Yeah. But it definitely does uh, hinder your uh, growth, I guess. Has it been that way your whole life, where you drag her kicking and screaming? Probably. I think so, yeah. Like, you're the one that's like, no, we're doing this. And you're like, yeah, but... We, we joke that... So, like, Gina was an art major, like, very creative. Like, Gina's very creative mind and so when we were kids we always joked that the reason I am not as creative is because Gina did like would make everything like all the stories so if we were playing Barbies she would create the story and I just like played along yeah so like I never got to like expand my imagination and creative mind because she stifled the growth of my yeah she was doing it for you yes. there's no room and it's funny because our daughters will be playing and sometimes like her daughter Adeline will like create the story and little Lily will just like play along. And I'm like, yeah, her come up with the story. Yeah. I'm recreating it. Yeah. It feels like a glitch in the matrix. I feel I like know, sometimes seriously. when I'm watching my kids, I'm like, Oh wait, this is not my little sister. Sometimes I think my daughter's my little, not really, but like yeah. I have those moments where I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm sure it, 
is somewhat similar looking oh, at yeah. your girls. Like, oh, this is mini us almost. But like legitimately, when I see them together, I'm like, this is literally like Gina is the exact same age as right. Adeline was when Lily was this exact same age. So this is literally what we were like as kids. So and wild. I'm always like, I'm so sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's so a, sorry. That's a birth order thing. <laughs> that stuff is real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whole, I think so. Yeah. So you were kicking and screaming going. Yeah. You were already a labor and delivery nurse yes. though. Cause I was in the hospital yes. and you were my nurse. Yes. <laughs> one I of was. the times. So I was a labor and delivery nurse at this point. So I did ROTC uh, all through college, starting freshman year. So Gina kind of like started a little bit after I did. We kind of went through the ROTC thing together. And then I did nursing school all through ROTC. So when I graduated, I took my boards, became a registered nurse. And I knew I wanted to be a labor and delivery nurse when I went into the Army, which is kind of crazy. Most people don't go into the Army thinking that they're going to just deliver you know, like take care of babies. Right. Oh, there's but I was plenty. like, yes, this <laughs> that is what great. I, I know. Yeah. There's plenty of them being born. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is a great, great thing. And there's not a high demand for labor and delivery nurses in deployment settings. So I was never selected to deploy. Mm. Um, but I did seven years in the army and then got out, which is when I started working at the local hospital here after I had my daughter. Because we got, um, my husband and I had her, and then we decided that I would get out and he would stay in. And I was trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do out of the Army because I didn't want to go back full time. And so I started just working casually at the hospital here locally. And then COVID happened, what, four, five months after Mm. that happened. So I was like, well... Mm-hmm. I guess my right. plans are foiled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, I guess I'll continue doing something. And then Gina was like, we're going to create a childbirth education course because you can do that because you've been a labor and delivery nurse for seven years. And I'm like, okay, but, but can I? Yeah. Do people want to know this information? But apparently a hundred people did. At, at, at that time. At more the than time. Yeah. Well, now, now, now it's in now the more. hundreds bit, of thousands. A yeah. little bit more than 100 people now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have you guys always been into fitness? Is that something you grew up with? Is it, you know, an integral yeah. part of your family? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we played sports all through our, I mean, like, rec sports. We didn't do club sports. Our dad was a, like, a master sergeant. We didn't have money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, we just did, like, the youth sports all through, like, when we were kids. When we moved yeah. to New York, um, we moved there when I was in eighth grade. And Roxanne, two years younger, so sixth, sixth, grade. sixth grade. Every team that I tried out for, I got cut from because I couldn't compete with these kids who had been playing club sport since they were five. Like, yeah. We were, we were living in, like, a, a upper middle class area, and we lived in, like, the free military housing. And I was like, all right, well... Our parents don't have the money to send me to, like, a special summer camp to get good at soccer. So I was like, let's join running. (laughs) They don't cut people (laughs) from the team. So we uh, started doing cross country and track. We did it in college as well. I mean, we went to separate colleges, um, ran in college. When I joined the Army, everyone loves it when somebody can run really fast. And so it was like a great leader. Yeah, just if you can run, it's all that matters. Um, and so when I that joined one check, yeah. check box. <laughs> when I joined the Army is when I got introduced to CrossFit, and so I started learning how to, like, lift weights and stuff. And so – and now I don't run at all, which is funny, and all I like to do is lift weights. So I've mm-hmm. um, definitely always really been into fitness um, our whole lives. And so it kind of made sense that this was the space that we would eventually enter into. I actually, looking back, would have been really surprised that I was, like – 
so involved with the perinatal space as I am now because it wasn't like I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted children. I just didn't have the same appreciation for it that I do now. And I, th- I think motherhood changes you. Oh, uh, yeah. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, this makes total sense. Like, like this is exactly where I where I would have ended up. But at the time, like if I told, was talking to my, my 20 year old self, I would not have been like, uh, what? Uh. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think we find that a lot. And talking with business owners, I know I feel the same way because I, I own a school. And if you would have told me that at 20, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I like kids. I do. I don't want to teach them. Um, yeah. But, you know, owning the school, it kind of like in a roundabout way makes sense. <laughs> but um, I think we hear that a lot. So many people get degrees in different things and then end up using that degree in a sort of a sense, but not what it was meant for in the very beginning. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where do you get your creative outlet now? I just write programming. Oh, we create a lot of content. I mean, we there's a, so much like Instagram. content creation that it sure. is, is for us. So we have the Instagram page that we're constantly like creating content for, writing blogs. And so instead of creating like if a drawing or a painting with like art, we're creating we're we're creating things in a different way. Mm-hmm. So um, there's definitely still a lot of creativity involved in like problem solving that happens. It's just not with like an artistic form. Sure. Although I do my all my explore page is all of these like painting things, and it makes me want to pick up like water painting. Or mm-hmm. I I almost bought like this four hundred dollar tic tac toe board, but it sold out before I could buy it. Probably for <laughs> the better, but it was. <laughs> This lady was that on made, Prime Day? No, it was oh. on, it was like on Etsy. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> it was Just like a, a tic-tac-toe board of spilt milk with Lucky Charm pieces. And I was like, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need this. And then I was like, I can make that myself. I just need to buy a kiln, some clay, resin. Yeah, Gina's like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make it myself. How That's, much do you think a kiln yeah, is? Like, like, it's like a forty thousand dollars investment. Yeah, Maybe yeah, it's but, not that much, but I can make it myself. But I can make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, you're around a lot of creative people, and I think that when you don't get that creative outlet, it feels a little stifling. So I was curious now, kind of like where that is channeled. It's all in our, our Instagram page, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many, like, problems that you have to solve as a small business owner, especially, like, when you're venturing into the online realm of how can I get more people interested in what it is that I have to offer mm-hmm. to understand the benefit and the value of what I have to offer. So there is a lot of problem solving that happens, which is essentially the creative outlet that I have now mm-hmm. is figuring out all these different things. Sure. So how does it work for you, Roxanne, as the labor and delivery nurse? Cause I follow you guys, obviously I've had a million kids and <laughs> I follow everything and I watch everything. Um, especially, you know, the pelvic floor stuff and, you know, breastfeeding advice and all of those things. How does it work when you work in a hospital for the hospital, but you know, you have this great thing to offer. Are you like allowed to tell patients about it or, if they just have casual conversation with you because they're sitting there trying to get their mind off of everything. Yeah. So that's a great question. Cause I, so I'm not currently working in the hospital. Like okay. I've, we moved here in like end of January, beginning of February, to, got settled in, still pregnant. And then I was like, I don't want to like start working and then have a baby. And then I wanted to enjoy like maternity leave a little bit afterwards. So I haven't had like, while we've been like this, big, I guess. I haven't worked in a hospital, but most of the time when I worked, so like at the local hospital here, and then when I worked at the birth center out in California, 
most of the time people are already in labor when I meet them. So I'm like, not going to be like, Hey, need a childbirth education. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're currently doing that right now. Um, so I've never like had to bring it up. Most of the time it's like, people will be like, Oh, I follow you on Instagram and I took your childbirth education. And then I'm like, Oh, this is awkward now. Yeah. yeah. Is that weird for you guys? Yeah. Cause one time it was like COVID. So masks. Sure. People were like, your voice is so familiar. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know where you are. I'm not sure. Maybe we ran into each other. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. And they're like, it's, it's going to take me a second. But mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out why I know your voice. And I'm like, this is really creepy. <laughs> and then it, then they'll realize, they're like, oh, because I've listened to it for the past mm-hmm. nine hours mm-hmm. on childbirth education. We took your course. And I was like, oh, because you can only see my eyes. So they're mm-hmm. like, my eyes apparently are not very identifying. <laughs> I've learned they're just brown. So how do you handle all of that? Because I'm oh, sure very that awkwardly. there's very awkward, yeah, very awkward. Like even people. you guys coming in, I was like, oh, a little like fangirl starstruck. Like, oh, they they're here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I just wonder what that's like because it's not like, you know, it's not like you're being photographed by the paparazzi. No, but it's like people recognize you, recognize your voice. Do they want to ask you questions? Like, what does that Usually look like? Usually they just say, hey, are you Gina and or Roxanne from Mama Stay? And we're like, yes. And they're like, I follow your page. And then we're like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then we don't know what to do. Maybe somebody can let us know a good So how's response. your pelvic floor doing today? Yeah. And I'm like, I hope our <laughs> like, course was say? helpful. Like, it's not that I'm, I don't want to be friendly. I'm just like really awkward Awkward. and very introverted and Mm -hmm. i'm like i know this is a passing conversation right like i'm chasing my child you're chasing your child we're not gonna get like deep into this combo together thank you for following us yeah like and then my problem is is i am really bad at like remembering names Mm. like we'll be teaching childbirth education and i'm sorry for anyone that's listening to this that took our class and people will tell me their name, and it's like instant poof, gone. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to write it down. I'm like, shit. Oh, that's really smart. <laughs> I yeah. do not remember this person's husband's name, um, but I'll know the 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 woman's name because it's on the roster, so that's easy easy for me. But the dude, I'm like, Chad, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so then my other problem is, is like, okay, is this a person that I have encountered in oh, my yeah. in person? time Mm -hmm. to where like I should know their name and who they are or is this a person that knows me from Instagram that I don't know and it's okay for me to be like hello like and so I I have to like figure out how excited I need to be when someone like approaches me I'm like do I have I met them before and is it going to be insulting when I don't remember them or is this someone that I have never met because it means a lot to me when somebody's like hey Gina like I met you like three years ago. And right. I remember all this stuff about you. And I'm like, oh, wow, that made me feel really special. And I want to give that to other people. I have not figured out the tips to do yeah. that. It's such an intimate experience for yeah. people having babies. And you probably only remember me because I was there so frequently. But yeah. you see people sometimes just for a matter of hours or even minutes yeah. if they're like <laughs> coming in hot. Yeah. So, yeah, that such an intimate experience they probably really made a connection to you and then the fact that you meet so many people yeah. that's that is intimidating yeah. i think <laughs> our brain space like our memory can only store information about a hundred people and after that oh. it's like yeah yeah like i gone. want people to feel special because it means a lot that they are following us that they're engaging with our posts that they're messaging us their stories and taking our courses like it all means a lot to us i just can't 
connect like on such a deep level with every single person mm-hmm. that like follows us. But I want them to know that they are special to me. It's just they're not going to be. Way. It's not going to be the level of depth that like I would have liked to have with like every person that approaches us. But it is that's I think the most awkward part for me is I don't know if I don't know them or if I should have yeah. remembered them. And mm-hmm. so there's this awkward like, hey. I don't know you, do I? Right, because <laughs> with the podcast, too, it's like people feel like they know you. Yeah. And they know these intimate details that you've shared on the podcast, but you don't know them, yeah. right? Like, they, yeah. like, feel like they fully know you. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know your name. Right, right. Yeah, I can imagine that that's yeah. awkward, especially at, like, the park or something like we, that. I had somebody, we were flying to Aruba for our Christmas vacation, and a lady on the plane, like, stopped me and was like, are you Gina? And I was like, I definitely should not know who you are. And I was like, yes. She's like, I follow you. I'm a for physical therapist. And I'm like, what are the chances that <laughs> yeah. I would be on a flight to Aruba and some randomly, we usually get stopped. I would say every vacation that we go on, somebody, somebody stops, us. stops us and is like, I follow you, which is really like, we got stopped in Hawaii. We, we were get stopped Disney. in Disney multiple times. Oh, sure. All those moms. To Aruba. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's wild. Yeah, I think we went to the mall the other. My husband and I went to the mall in Raleigh, and to get him a suit for the wedding that was 110 degrees, and <laughs> that he didn't even wear to the wedding because it was 110, 110 degrees. degrees. <laughs> yeah, and somebody we were like looking at the map trying mm-hmm. to find the store, and somebody come up to me, "Are you Roxanne?" And I'm like, and it was a husband. So I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yes." And he's like, "My wife is." like really excited over here to see like for mama's day fit i was like yeah and then she like walks over she's like i'm the introvert he normally like calls people out i'm so excited to meet you i was like oh this is so nice but then i'm like yeah right and then it's like uh, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. i've had a few husbands stop me to be like my wife is such a huge fan would can you take a picture with her she would really love that i was like yeah sure Sure. (laughs) as we like mom yeah yeah how did you pick that name um so i was trying to pick something that was like fit because that seems to be what everyone does when they make a fitness <laughs> business is they put a word and they throw fit at the end mm-hmm. and i was like mom fit and um, i actually had a tank top from oh man i shouldn't remember that i think it was like salty unicorn or was the name of she's based out of texas and it was mama stay was on the tank top and it was like the mom and me honors the mom and you and i was like i'm just gonna take that and throw fit at the end and I'm like, here's my here's my new name, Mama Stay Fit. And it worked really well. People like really have resonated. Like there, I think there was like a few people that were like, you yeah, should change your name. But, um, you should change your name. Like <laughs> Okay, thank you. Thanks for your advice. <laughs> okay. Um I mean I, I guess there's controversy over Namaste mm-hmm. and anyways. Um, what, what, so we will not be changing we will not be changing oh. our name. Um because like I, I think the meaning of it is really cool. So with Namaste, it's like something in me that is the same in you can like recognizes that. And that's mm-hmm. like such a deep level of connection mm-hmm. that like is almost like intangible, like you can't even explain. And so when you see another mom, you're like, we may not know each other, but we 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 no. see each other in yeah. the same way. So it's like the mom in me like sees the mom in you and we have this connection to one another even if we don't talk or we don't know each other and so that just resonated with me a lot with my business because it's all about connection like the perinatal time frame is so intimate like Mm -hmm. there's so many people involved in helping you like 
birth your child and then to support during your pregnancy and the postpartum period that it just it 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 feels less alone when you have this connection to somebody else so that's kind of where we developed the name mama stay fit and now it's trademarked so it belongs awesome. to me. Yeah. <laughs> it belongs, it belongs to, to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Noted. What What are all the services you offer? Because you've mentioned, you know, postpartum and stuff as well. So what's the span? And when, if you're still a doula, do you go to the hospital? Do you do the home births? Like what, what is the span of everything that you offer? So starting from the beginning, what we offer is we offer prenatal fitness programming and it's going to be strength and conditioning based. So it's going to be lifting weights. So if somebody is not into lifting weights, we would not be the prenatal program for you. Um, but if you're like an athlete or you understand the importance of lifting weights during your pregnancy, like we're going to have programming for you. Um, we offer it in person at our gym in Aberdeen. We also offer it online. We do have a lot of local folks that do the remote training because it's hard to drag all your kids to the gym. Yeah. Um, and I think during COVID, everyone got like really bulked up their home gyms mm-hmm. as well. Um, so it's like, well, it's cool that we have an online offering for them. And the prenatal programming, it syncs to your week of pregnancy. So if you're five weeks, you'll start at week five of our, pre- our program. If you're 20 weeks, you'll start at week 20. Um, and we kind of give you the modifications throughout. Like we've trained hundreds of in-person clients during their pregnancies. And so we kind of know when most folks are modifying for specific movements. And there is a range for it. So some folks are modifying at 12 weeks, some are closer to 20. And so we kind of give you that range within the programming as well. We incorporate a lot of pelvic stability exercises, pelvic floor exercises. So just kind of giving you that full experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you have all the strength and conditioning training, which is going to help really help you stay strong throughout your pregnancy, which is important. We're gaining a lot of weight during our pregnancy, just from your baby and from all the extra fluids and the organ that you're growing. Um, and then we're, offer, we're also going to include things to keep you comfortable and pain-free because pain is not a requirement for your pregnancy. So we're incorporating things to help with pelvic stability to kind of get rid of that pelvic pain and low back pain. And then we're also going to incorporate exercises to help you prepare for birth by helping you open each level of your pelvis. And so the pelvis has different movement patterns that open each level of it. There's a few different levels. And so one movement doesn't open the entire pelvis. We want to ensure that we have the movement capability to open each of those pelvic levels for an easier labor. So if you have movement restriction to open the lower half of the pelvis, then we might have issues during labor or like late labor stalls where labor kind of stops progressing because baby's like quote unquote stuck. Um, So during our programming, we're trying to incorporate movements to ensure that you can open all the pelvic levels to help baby navigate Mm -hmm. through. Um, So that's included within our prenatal fitness program. Uh, We also have prenatal yoga. That's just online. We don't offer any like in the gym. We do get some folks that show up in their flip flops and their yoga mat and they're like, I'm here for the yoga class. And I'm like, Mm. because of the name. There is no yoga class. I picked a bad name. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, but you can work out barefoot if you want. And they're like, okay. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is pretty funny when folks show up with their mats and I'm like, I, you did not read the course description. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the gym. This is not the gym for that. They're like, Oh, I just saw mama say, and I thought like yoga. And I'm like, I know you did. Um, but Casey Backus does our prenatal yoga online. Um, so she's like a 500 hour yoga teacher, uh, physical therapist. And then we have our childbirth education course and you can bundle all this stuff together. If you're looking for like online stuff, if you're Wanting the in-person support, we do have an in-person class that we offer um, every-ish month. Usually it's every month. Some some months we skip because we know everyone's on vacation and we're going to have one person sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so the childbirth education course is going to be really focused on teaching you the science of birth. And so I come from a very like science background. Roxanne obviously is, has a medical background. So it's going to be very much like what is actually happening in your body. So what does a contraction do? Like what movements open your pelvis? And so, and so like partners and like the husbands that come, they love it. Cause they're like, just tell me the things mm-hmm. don't go, don't do all the Mm-hmm. The lavender and moo beam stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't the give woo-woo. me a crystal. Just tell me <laughs> what squeeze to do to make her stop yelling at me in mm-hmm. the middle of labor. And we're like, I got you. <laughs> and so they love the course when they leave because they're like, I actually have like tangible tools mm-hmm. to use yep. during your during the labor in a way that is like, that I understand because it's all like, here's the muscles, here's like external rotation and they're like yeah i love that so it's a very science-based course like if you're looking for kind of the lavender moonbeam side of things i am all into that stuff as well i've given birth at home twice planned a homeschool like i'm into that stuff but that's not what our course is Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so after our childbirth education course we also have our postpartum fitness programming um which is going to guide you pretty much from birth until you feel like you've recovered and then we have stuff beyond our we joke that our business model is we let people bring their babies so that you see babies and you get baby fever and then you get pregnant again (laughs) 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 but the problem is when you start having too many babies you stop coming to the gym because it's really hard to lug all those babies to the gym (laughs) so once people hit like two we kind of lose them as clients So maybe not a great business model, but uh, so we do have the postpartum fitness programming that kind of guides you from whenever you decide to return back to the gym and bring you back to all those big lifts again so that you learn how to squat again, deadlift, hip thrust, all the things that you run, all the things that you want to do with your body without limitation. And we're incorporating all of that pelvic floor work and rehab stuff. They're programs that we've developed with physical therapists. So it's not just gina in her closet writing programming (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's gina that's worked with hundreds of in-person clients which is really unique for the perinatal space and i also have physical therapists that i consult to be like does this make sense did i just make some shit up right 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 right. they're like no that's this is beautiful um and so midwives approve our programs like ob's approve our programs just moms mom approved well and that's what i was gonna ask the more children that you have do you kind of and through since every delivery is different do you kind of like tweak it and be like oh well that actually felt different than my previous experience and kind of tweak what you how you present something yes absolutely Uh, so my first birth was an epidural. So I didn't know what like pushing felt like mm-hmm. with like unmedicated until my second birth. And so the way that I taught pushing was really different after I had experienced it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, not that like somebody who hasn't gone through it, like like they couldn't teach somebody else it. But it was just like, girl, I know <laughs> what you're going through. So my the first client that I supported right after Sophie's birth, my youngest, um, it was about like a, like maybe a month or two afterwards. She was one of my first gym clients. And so she was like, can you be my doula? And I was like, absolutely. I will drag my pad self to <laughs> bleeding, <laughs> leaking from everything. So she had a fast birth, which was great. And uh, it was her second unmedicated birth. And she like looked at me and was like, I'm really scared of pushing. And I looked at her and I was like, I know. I know you are because I was really scared of the intensity of pushing for my Mm. second home birth because I the first one you're kind of like I didn't really know what to expect Uh and then it's super intense and you're like whoa that was really intense and the second one you're like that was a really empowering and wonderful experience I felt like a rock star at the end but it was still really intense to navigate through and so I found myself like almost hesitating 
like when I knew I'm like, once I stand up, I'm going to start pushing. Mm-hmm. I really, I don't know if I want that yet. Let me take a moment here. And so I was tub. like scared to stand up because I knew once I did the intensity of pushing would happen. And then I knew like I would have that sweet relief like very shortly afterwards. Um, so I'm, I'm all for like unmedicated birth if that's what you want. And so I was like, she was like, I'm so scared. And I'm like, I know. And yeah. her husband was like, not helpful. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, you don't know. You I'm, don't know. I'm the doula. Okay, just let me I talk. just went through this. And so I talked to her about her afterwards. And I was like, was that helpful for you? Or did I just like fuck it up? And she's like, no, it meant it was really helpful to know well, that was I wasn't real. alone. Yeah. She's like, I, 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 it was, I, it validated my fear mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, it, it makes sense that I'm scared right now. And so that I was like, okay, cool. He sucks. <laughs> he, was, he was wonderful. He was wonderful. That's it was just funny. Confusing. There's so many male OBs. Like the majority yeah. of them are, and I'm just like, you don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about. It's always so, funny yeah. when someone's like, "Well, my OB, who's a man, told me this is what my contractions will feel like," and I'm always like, "How does he fucking know?" Right. <laughs> like, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we read in a textbook. But again, you don't have to have gone through the physical experience to be able to educate and support in it. But, like, maybe don't describe in depth what a contraction feels like if you don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like it is massively helpful yeah. to yeah. you guys. And it makes it so much more relatable. Can you imagine if you had Mama Stay Fit and you were not a mom? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which <laughs> just wouldn't I, make sense. Personal question. You talked about it getting, like, the baby getting stuck. And that's what happened with my third baby, they said. I didn't necessarily want epidural, but they were like, your blood pressure's going up, all this stuff. You need to kind of settle down. And I got one, and then the baby got stuck. Do you encourage parents to continue working through that as a doula? Or, like, is that, like, they're like, we need to go ahead and do a C-section, you know? How do you... So there's definitely a lot of tools that we have to support if there's a stall in labor for baby gets like, quote unquote, stuck within the pelvis. Because there could be like restriction within the pelvis that's making it harder for them to rotate. Maybe they're just in a funky position. It has nothing to do with you. Your baby's just stubborn for whatever reason. Um, But there are a lot of tools that are available to us to help kind of maneuver baby. And this is where like a doula or like a non-medical like support person can be really helpful because I don't have medical tools available to me to assist your birth. So I don't have Pitocin. I'm not going to do internal exams. Like I'm not going to manipulate your belly to do anything to support baby's position. But like that's what the medical providers can give. They have their medical tools to support your labor. But because they have their medical tools, they don't always know the non-medical things Mm -hmm. that we can do. Because if I have this tool that works really well, why would I look into movements that we can do? And, like, we're also not going to pay a lot of money for research that lets you know what an inversion does to your baby's position during labor when a pharmaceutical company is going to pay for research on Pitocin. like. Um, and I mean, that's like a whole nother conversation. So mm-hmm. when you have somebody who is a non-medical support person, they're going to have all the tools like movements that we can do. Even if you get an epidural, you can still move with an epidural. It's a little bit more labor intensive for your support team. And it's it's hard to expect your nurse or your midwife or your mm-hmm. OB to sit in the room with you the whole time when they've got other patients to manage as well. Um, so this is by no means me being like, hospitals are bad like but no, absolutely not like we all need each other to support the person that's giving birth mm-hmm. um so there's tons of movements that we can do there's some like manual releases that we can do different ways that we can position your hips to like release tension like 
But a lot of this stuff, it can be more helpful to do it during pregnancy because it's kind of hard, like, in the moment to be like, can you move your body in this way? And it's right. like, well, I've got nine months of tension that I need to release. Yeah. It's like every time I get a massage, my <laughs> massage therapist is like, where are you tight? I'm like, where am I not? <laughs> Everywhere. <Right. laughs> the same place as I've been for 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's a totally different topic, but that's like what the accountant said. She's like, you know, you can't call me just to come in and rescue me or yeah, rescue yeah. you. You yeah. have to use me to get you there. Yeah, do some and of the work on the front end. On the front yeah. end. Yeah. And that's what people need to do for pregnancy it's not just like oh I'm, ha- I'm having a baby next week maybe i should start thinking about these things yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there, there are some definitely some situations where even my expertise in pelvic mechanics and like all of the team effort of like the entire medical team is just not going to get a baby to come up vaginally and i was at a birth the other week where that was the case like we like this nurse and i were like laying on top of this mom like maneuvering her hips trying to get this baby to rotate and then it just turned out baby's umbilical cord was wrapped around so tight around its shoulder that it was just never that baby was never going to descend um but we did all the things and so that mom went into her cesarean birth and she was like well i feel confident that we did everything like we we gave it a good try um and so some babies are just not going to come out vaginally and that's okay but like know that you have all of these tools that are Beyond, like, medical stuff is helpful. It can really aid, for sure. Knowing what tools are beneficial for you on the medical side is incredibly beneficial. Having a team that you trust on the medical side to guide you through that is really important. But then having the kind of the more non-medical approaches can be great, too, because we don't always need Pitocin to rotate a baby. Sometimes it's just, like, a little bit of a maneuver with your hips. Well, baby will be like, oh, yeah, no, here I go. Hmm. Well, I think having a doula is great because you don't know what doctor you're going to get when you go into the hospital, like you, yeah, you're, most of the time, yeah. yeah, most of the time, unless you're me. And I'm like, Nope, I want this one on this day. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Is that what happens when you hit a certain number of children, you get to request? your No, doctor? it's just when you live in the hospital for weeks before oh, and sorry. you can play in your C-section, um, unless something happens, then you wouldn't get to, but, um, it's funny because my favorite doctor, the one time I was there for super long, the next time they let me stay home and just go in for monitoring every day um, because of, it was during COVID. And oh. I already had four kids at home and, and my youngest two are 13 months apart. So um, I wouldn't have been able to feed my baby or anything. But so it was funny because the doctor I really wanted, they were like, okay, he'll be here on the 21st. But I was like, but I'm 37 weeks on the 20th. And I said, plus that'll make her birthday to 20, 2020. And that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so the other doctor was really good too. So I still liked him. I, <laughs> Dr. Lowry ended up delivering instead of Dr. Richburg for, oh, okay. for that one. But that is a good yes. replacement, I guess. <laughs> yes. For lack of a better word. Yes. And then for the, the last one that, by the way, birth control doesn't always work. No, if you're on birth control Tell me. and breastfeeding, it doesn't always work and you can still get pregnant three months after a C-section. Uh, oh or if you're just on birth control and you're not lactating. Yeah. That yeah. was how I got pregnant with our first. Yeah. And almost 13 years. It's not a hundred percent. No. And the army yeah. makes the men wait to get a vasectomy. So I blame the army again. And also <laughs> vasectomies are not a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Stop I it. know. <laughs> Don't you touch to, the you universe. Have to get the testing afterwards. We did. Right. That. Yes. Yeah. 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 But even had, then, we've had a lot of people. I've had a lot of patients when I was both postpartum and a labor and delivery nurse. That would they would be like, they would come in there for their inductions usually because that's the only time I really talk to people like beforehand, uh, and they're like, yeah, you know, 
We're excited. But this was not what we wanted. We were done. We were done. <laughs> and what and number like, is this oh usually? Because I feel like that's usually the third for the most third people. For is like, oh, we weren't planning on that. Yeah. The third or fourth is most of the time. Mm. One one family I had, it was their fourth or fifth kid. I can never remember. But they only wanted two. But their second one, they had way earlier. She was on birth control, got pregnant. Mm-hmm. So they're like, whatever. We're done now. He got a vasectomy. She got pregnant. Stop. So then the third one, I think she ended up having a C-section. So they did a tubal. Tubal did not work. What? This is like I met her. Divine intervention. Yeah. Yeah, These kids were meant to be. (laughs) On the fourth one. And she's like, they they removed the tubes this time. And he's already had another vasectomy. And I was like, (laughs) you guys are just very fertile. Oh, my gosh. So fertile. Yeah, that's a um, lot. So, so what? Do, how old are those kids? I want to find out what they grow up to be. They've got oh, some, yeah. <laughs> some type of big purpose in life. But yeah, they were meant to be here. They'll be the president in like yeah. 20 years, I'm sure. Something. That sounds like but, a terrible job. But yeah, um, yeah. I wish I would have known all of this stuff. This is stuff I think that like more mature mothers seek out. I was 23 when I got pregnant and I just I totally didn't know what I didn't know. You know, Mm -hmm. and in that day and age, we didn't have Instagram or, I mean, I think there was YouTube, but it wasn't like, I wasn't going. MySpace. Yeah, we had MySpace. No, we had Facebook too. But I think you still had to be um, like a .edu account. Okay. (laughs) Um, But there was no Pinterest. There was no anything that would present information to you at your fingertips you know, to take a course nonetheless. Mm -hmm. I just think my experience would have been so completely different had I been prepared in a different way. Like we went to the hospital, the Naval Hospital, Camp Pendleton, and we watched this like 1970s video of this birth. And all I really remember is just like a really hairy bush and a a baby coming out. That was like the thing that stuck with me. Right. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess I learned something, but I don't, I have no idea, you know, Mm -hmm. went into labor, um, randomly one night had a completely normal pregnancy, went into labor at like 34 weeks, um, and five days went into the hospital. They tried to stop labor. It wouldn't stop. He came right at 35 weeks, wasn't breathing. He was whisked away, but I wasn't prepared for like, well, certainly any of that. I don't know if anything can prepare you for that, but just the whole experience of what I was about to go do, you Mm -hmm. know? So I just think it's such a valuable thing, especially for younger mothers to be Mm -hmm. able to know, because you don't, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. You know? And I think when you get into like your thirties, you're just more aware so you seek mm-hmm. things out well know? And yeah. after you've gone through a bad experience you're that like also. oh I could have prevented this and if you like I said you don't know what doctor you're going to get and there's definitely ones I would not have wanted and I won't say any names but <laughs> there's definitely ones I would not have wanted but if I would have had you know a doula there even through like I'm sure you guys support people even through like what I had mm-hmm. I had a just so people know I had a um chronic placenta abruption so I would you know, had to stay in the hospital the whole time. Um, and even to have a doula just there, like knowing that I'd get checked on, you know, you're just sitting there in a room by yourself mm-hmm. all day long. Do you guys, it's a small room and it's small. Yeah. And not all of them have hot water. I had to go 
had or a shower <laughs> or a shower i did have a shower but and i got the corner room so um so do you guys have clients that you work with like that and do you still stay with them if they're like just staying in the hospital and you just go visit them or how does that work in those types of situations so it's all a case-by-case case situation um typically i'm going to join somebody when they're in labor so when they or having a lot of contractions and they and their partner feel like they can no longer provide enough support or they're just like, I feel really anxious and I would just be, be I would feel better if you were here. And so sometimes I show up before somebody's in active labor. Um, if somebody was like going into the hospital to like stay there due to like a complication, I wouldn't sleep with them in the hospital by <laughs> right. any means. But I mean, I would be checking in on them. Like, do you need anything? Like, how can I help you? Like, what kind of questions are you having? And so we would definitely have more frequent conversation um, some of it may be in person, but usually it'll probably all be a text message or phone calls if a situation like yours had happened. Um, if somebody went into labor really early, I would just go and support them during their birth. Um, if somebody finds out they're having a scheduled cesarean birth, I'll usually go in and support them like during pre-op. Sometimes I get to go into the OR um, and then I'll just kind of be waiting for them post-op to help them like know how to move their body again because it's it can be really scary i've never had a, a c-section personally um so all of everything that i'm saying is just what i've learned um but it can be really scary to move your body after you've had a cesarean birth because mm -hmm. you're like oh my god i have this giant mm. incision and wound yeah. on and they're my like body. get up start yeah. walking you're like <laughs> it's like what surgery yeah. would you do that for? <laughs> yeah like, yeah you need your abs for everything <laughs> yeah i can only imagine Mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, as if it's not enough to like actually just have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's already like, hard enough open. to get up after having a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then but be given also, no advice on yeah. what to do other than don't lift 10 pounds <laughs> when your baby like, is 10 pounds. Right. What? Yeah. And that's where, you know, I think the medical system, I think that's why people have an aversion to mm -hmm. it is because they give you just these little blips of information and then you're supposed to do what with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, okay, thanks a lot for that tip that you maybe Googled. I'm, I'm being flippant, but you know, what am I supposed to do with that now? How do I live my actual life? And so I think that's where that perfect, like you were talking about the, you know, the marriage between, yeah, the Western medicine and also, you know, non-medicine, but know how to help you. Yeah. It's tough though, because doulas cost money. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to have the finances to pay for a doula and same mm -hmm. for home birth like you need to have the finances to pay for a home birth so there's this financial aspect of it that's like not always accessible to everybody and so yeah. it's unfair to be like well if you can't afford my support then you don't deserve it like that's not like that's like a really shitty way to like support people but the medical system is i mean it's so complex and yeah. like mm -hmm. I, I think that everyone that shows up at the hospital is there with good intentions. Like sure. they've entered medicine with this desire to help Absolutely. and to support. So I don't ever think that there's like an evil doctor. I mean, maybe sure. there are evil doctors. Right. It's not malicious. Like, yeah. Everyone's there with good intentions and they're there from their perspective of supporting birth. Do they have the same perspective that I do on supporting birth? No, but I don't look at birth with a medical perspective because that's not my training. Like sure. Roxanne has more of a medical perspective on birth than I do. And so when someone's developing a complication, I'm like, what should they do? Cause I, yeah. <laughs> this is outside my realm of expertise. Um, but like, it's tough with the medical system cause you don't have doctors that are in their own practices. Mm -hmm. They're in like large groups, they're working for the hospital. And so they have to follow hospital policies. Mm -hmm. They've got all this student loan debt. And so it becomes a really complex yes. issue. And then you have insurance companies that's telling 
people what they can and cannot do. And I think that could be a whole episode all by itself. And so I'm definitely very leery to say, don't go to the hospital because, but just go with information and like know how to advocate for yourself for the experience that you're wanting. And it's okay if the experience that you're wanting is maybe not the experience that your medical team is used to supporting. And so Mm -hmm. generally the type of birth that they're not used to supporting is an unmedicated low intervention birth. Like it's like, I think there's only like 30% of people have an unmedicated birth in the hospital. So the majority of patients that they're seeing are going to want an epidural. Mm -hmm. They're probably being induced and they're give me all the interventions and that's fine. Like I, I really don't care. I tell this to all my doula clients and to our childbirth ed clients. I'm like, I don't care what you want to do with your birth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want you to feel informed and to feel confident on making decisions during your birth. If you decide to do something that maybe I don't personally agree with, that's fine. Like it's not up to me to give you, Hey, before you make that decision, let me give you some advice. Real quick. Like they don't, they're not asking for my own solicited advice. Now, if they paid me a lot of money to be their doula, like, and they say, yes, I want your advice and I'll give them my advice. But, um, but that's after knowing them and knowing what they want but like a random yeah. person who's like this is the clinic i chose i'm not gonna be like avoid this doctor i'm gonna right. be like cool like you made an informed decision that to choose this clinic for whatever reason great yeah what like, do you do when they change their mind during labor if they're like this is what i want and then then they get in and they're like change it all do you fine. do you remind them what they so, wanted typically some, <laughs> most people that hire get rid of the drugs yeah are yeah. wanting a, an unmedicated birth mm-hmm. yeah. i would say the almost 90 percent of my clients i occasionally have one that's like i definitely want an epidural and i'm like cool um because there's a lot that we can even do with an epidural it helps facilitate movement mm-hmm. to ensure that baby's still navigating through the pelvis well or i have clients that are like i'm definitely going to get induced because i have a pre-existing condition or i'm like cool let's do it um so the majority of people that hire me are wanting an unmedicated low intervention birth and I would say like most of them do have an unmedicated birth. Some of them at some point unwillingly continue to have an unmedicated birth. (laughs) Um, But in the moment, if you really want to change your mind and you're like, no, thank you. I would like to not like you will let everyone know that that is your decision. If you're kind of like, this is your coping mechanism to say, help me or I need something. And then I, I'm like, well, would you like to get in the shower? And you're like, yes. Then it's just a coping. You don't really, if you really want an epidural, you will get one. And I'm not going to stop you. Like, I'm not going to, like, hold the door shut and, like, yank the monitor out. Now, for some people I know, like, they are just struggling. Because the end of labor, like, during transition is just really hard. Even for me at home, I'm like, how far is the hospital? How fast Mm -hmm. can I get an epidural? And then I'm, like, doing the math in my head. And I'm like, by the time we get there, the baby's going to be born. So So even for me at home, I know that everyone has that moment of doubt where they're like, do I really want to do this anymore? And then for me with my second home birth, I was like, I know what's happening. I know what's coming and I really don't want it to come. Um, And so if somebody's having that moment of doubt, like it just encourage them, like remind them of what they were wanting and then give them, I give them other options. Like, okay, well, instead of the epidural, like, do you want to try the shower or do you want us to do more counter pressure? Or, and then they're like, yeah, I'll do the shower. And then they start pushing and I'm like, ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Magic. a baby. Yeah. Um, I will say the other birth that I, that birth that I was at the other week, there was a lady who showed up who was progressing very quickly who had no desire for an unmedicated birth mm. and everyone on the floor knew that she had no desire from unmedicated birth <laughs> by the way that she was screaming. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then she oh had a baby God. and the screaming totally stopped. And I was like, I bet right now she feels amazing and she feels like a superwoman. Yeah. And she's a goddess of birth. 
during that moment, probably not feeling great. Yeah. So it's honestly the hardest when someone comes in and you their first words to you are, I really want an epidural. And you just look at them and you're like, you are going to have a baby in like 14 seconds. Uh, and I'm not getting that epidural. Yeah. But like, it's so hard to tell them that. Yeah. And well, I'm just thinking about you as nurses there. You guys have to have so much patience because these people are scared coming in. Yeah. Like, especially a first time mom, I'm sure they're scared. They worry about every little thing. And mm-hmm. I know, and I know that a, a lot of people in this field treat people that way. Like, you know, I know I'd call with a concern sometimes and somebody would be like, Oh, you're fine. And I'm like, no, this is my fifth kid. I know what it's yeah. supposed to feel like or whatever in there. Okay. Well, maybe, <laughs> you yeah. know? So I, I know that a, a lot of moms probably over worry, mm-hmm. which is a great thing. I want a mom that over worried about stuff more than one that didn't. Um, but you must have so much patience. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's also like, so like the times you call and the person is just like, Oh yeah, it's, it's fine. You guys are nothing to worry about there. It also becomes like, well, they're concerned, so we should probably like explore what's going on with them to make them feel confident that they, yeah, they are okay. Um, so it's kind of being patient, but also like understanding. Because like we, again, we see this every day. Like, right. People come normal. in every day. Mm-hmm. I think we, like the joke that a lot of people say when people come in, um, they think, think their water broke. Um, and then you're like going through the questions and you're like, have you had intercourse in the past 24 hours? And they're like, yeah, about like six hours ago. And I was like, mm. did you use a condom? No. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's explain how this works. Let's explain. <laughs> when you have sex yes. and your partner who is a male does not wear a condom, mm-hmm. the semen has to go somewhere. Right. And then when you stand up, yeah. gravity will pull it out yes not always immediately sometimes it may come out a couple hours later yes unexpectedly and then we look on the slide and it's just little, <laughs> little spur. that's great around and we're like yes exactly <laughs> it's very great. good of you to come in just in case it right. was your water but that was just all semen yeah, yeah. thank you for bringing thank that here for <laughs> so like those cases like uh, when you get a lot of them right yeah. Do y'all ever get tired of talking about this? No, no absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, really? Absolutely. I I mean, I have wanted to be, like, in the women's health field. I have loved babies and children since, like, the moment I could remember. Hmm. Like, my mom always jokes that she brought our baby brother home. Because, su- surprise, we have a baby brother we never talk people about. are usually surprised <laughs> i was gonna say like, it's just the two of you right Wait, you have a brother <laughs> yeah um i was like super excited to like hold him and play with him he's gonna be my best friend and gina's like no thank you please get him away from me <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> which is surprising that i'm a doula now yeah. people are like well i mean i i don't dislike children like i like children i like, they all grow up to be adults and stuff. I love my own children. Mm-hmm. I am not super into holding other people's babies. Mm-hmm. Like, I will mm-hmm. never be that person who's like, let me hold your baby. Like, yeah. I will, I will hold baby. your baby if I know it's going to help you. If it's like, you need a break. Let me take your baby and hold them. Mm-hmm. Not for my own pleasure. Right. But no. for you. And I so I'm like, them. well, I'm not dueling for the baby. Right. I am dueling for the mom. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm there to support her and help her. <laughs> And then a baby is born, and I'm like, your baby's cute. Goodbye. Yeah. 
<laughs> Whereas I'm like, oh, you need me to hold your baby. Great. I would love the endorphin release. Thank yeah. yeah. Uh, we would joke on postpartum when I worked there that like parents who were like really struggling to like sleep throughout the night. Cause I was a night shift nurse. Uh, we would go in there and be like, Hey, I see that you're really tired. Do you want me to take your baby for a little bit so you both can get some sleep? And they're like, yes. yes. And you're like, yes. yes. And I was like, yes, I get to snuggle a baby. Yes. While I charge. This is so great. Yeah. 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 That would have been nice. And people yeah. need to remember they have a voice in the hospital with that. Like I would tell them, cause you know, somebody will come in and then they'll say, okay, do you want a paper? And then somebody else will call and you need to order your breakfast and somebody yeah. else. It's like, can you all not just come in at the oh, same yeah. time? <laughs> so I would just tell them, just so you know, I do not want a newspaper. I will call if I'm hungry and order my breakfast. If yeah. I don't call, it's because my husband's going to bring me something I really want. Although the omelets are really good at the hospital, the except French on Saturdays. Too. Really? French toast that day. is really surprising. The omelets are legit. I would stay late to get a French toast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is it was, it's only news. Like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I'm like, what day is French toast? <laughs> and then I they changed this. it. They changed it one of the days. But I would be like half asleep eating my French toast after night yeah. shift. Wow. So good. Yeah. So I would just tell them that yeah. and be like, yep, this is. But yeah, like with Gina with her first postpartum in the hospital, they just kept coming in. It'd like be like every the general 30 minutes wants to say hi. Your hours. husband's like, commander wants to <laughs> The senior FRG leader is here to give you a, a goodie basket. And I'm like, like, no, I'm like trying to breastfeed. There are residents also. Thing. So it's like the pediatrician residents coming in mm-hmm. and then the attending has to come in and then the OB like intern and then the resident and then the attending. And it's like all these people just keep coming in. Whereas when I worked there, nobody came in because they're like, oh, it's Roxanne. She knows what like she's going to be fine. <laughs> gonna, like, yeah. But people just the say, attending would come in and be like, hey, no, you thank okay? you. No one knows that. But it's hard but yeah. to know what to So my, my husband and I were talking about our first birth, which was probably what really fueled me to create Mama Stay Fit because it was what I would define as a more traumatizing experience. Mm. Not a great time. Um, and he was like, I didn't know what I was allowed to ask questions about mm-hmm. or advocate for. I didn't know what questions would interfere with care that like potentially would end up being harmful to you because I interrupted them. And so that was like really hard for him to like mm-hmm. look back on is like, I didn't stand up for you like I should have. And because of that, like you had this bad experience and he like didn't realize that I didn't have a good experience until like I started talking about it later. Cause he's like, well, what else would you want? Like you and your baby, you and our baby are alive mm-hmm. and you're healthy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's the bare minimum, bro. Like, sure. Right. Can I have a good experience too? And so then when we had our two home birth, he was like, oh, I get it now. But he was just so much more confident on like mm. what he could ask questions about. And we also had a provider, like we hired a midwife to come to our house and support our birth. Um, so he was more comfortable with the provider and knew her and like could ask questions and felt comfortable with her and then I really trusted her to where if I needed to transfer or there was a complication like I knew that she was thinking of my best interest Mm -hmm. um and so that was like the biggest difference for us between our hospital birth versus home births was being able to choose who was going to be at our birth for us but yeah he like didn't know what to advocate for like for my first mama safe, it wasn't a thing yet. And I wasn't educated on birth yet. And I was like, I don't even know what to advocate right. for. Like I just showed up and they're like, this is your induction date. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like I, and Why? I didn't know how to even ask a question. I'm like, what am I supposed to even say? Is they're kind of like shooting me out the door. Right. 
Um, and so I think that's the hardest part, like for your first and maybe even for subsequent ones is like, you don't know what you're allowed to ask. Mm -hmm. And like, it's such a, a subordinate, like powerless position to be in as the patient, like you're in a gown and like, if I lift my leg right a certain way, my whole vagina is going to be sticking out. And so it's like, you're vulnerable, like physically. And then you have this person usually like standing over you by your bedside, like asking you questions and you're or telling you things that they're going to do to you. Like, I'm here to check your cervix. And you're like, okay, like, am <laughs> I supposed to? Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, birth, I feel that birth is hard. So much. It is really hard. And even afterwards, like I would worry about people judging me because I had very specific requests for like the baby and stuff too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I don't want a bath. And Brandon's like, just let him give him a bath. Like, and, and I'm like, like, but I don't want, I don't want the baby to have a bath yeah. yet. Right. And he's like, just don't cause a scene. And I'm like, they're gonna forget about me. Yeah. <laughs> by tomorrow, but like we will remember this, and we know mm-hmm. what's best for our family and yeah. our kids. And we're allowed to say what shots we want, what bath we want, if we want the baby to stay in our room, if we don't want the baby. Like, you're allowed to Mm -hmm. say that stuff. And if somebody rolls their eyes or judges you for it, who cares? (laughs) And honestly, it's more like their issue than yours. Right. So, like, when – and it's hard also, like, if you've been doing something for so long – and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we now have research that this is better. Mm-hmm. Like, so now you have to change everything that you've been doing for the past 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And then potentially it's what you've really... been doing is harmful. Yeah. So it's really hard for them to like yeah. accept that change because then it's also like, oh, I fucked up right. for the past 20 years. But you didn't know. Also. Yeah. Right. So it's like Gina's birth. I was a labor and delivery nurse for, I don't know. So many years, uh, a <laughs> so couple many years. of years, like two or three years, I think. So it's like still a baby, still baby nurse. But I definitely like Gina would come to me with concerns and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or she would like brush me off. It's like a, an induction is no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, people get induced every day, Gina. You are like 41 in two days. Like you gotta, you gotta be induced. That's just how things go. Right. But then after she has her baby, then that like makes it. Uh, more real, I guess, for me to be on that side because I hadn't yet had kids. Mm. I haven't like experienced pregnancy or labor at this point or had anybody experience pregnancy or labor that was really close to me until Gina's birth. And that kind of just changed me as a nurse entirely where I was, I mean, I was still just figuring out what the hell I was doing in the first place still. Uh, but it also changed my approach to how I supported birth as a labor and delivery nurse. Like I always loved unmedicated births before and like supporting those types of births, but it was different still coming from like her experience and like seeing it and like being there to now supporting other family members and being like, Hey, I should probably include the family members. Cause I had just no idea what the hell was going on right. her mm-hmm. entire birth. And then Like, I knew she didn't want an epidural, and I knew she didn't want to be induced, but it's, like, I also understand, like, the importance of, like, the medical side, Mm -hmm. so it's, like, hard to, like, balance. So I think that that's why one thing that is really cool about Mama Stay Fit is that you have Gina, who is, like, a doula, does more of, like, the non-medical, the non-medical kind of stuff, and that's the stuff she's really good at knowing what to do, whereas I have that medical aspect Mm -hmm. where I understand the importance of the non-medical interventions that we can do and know that they're important to understand and like educate people on, but also know like not everybody can have a home birth 
and like breathe their baby out. Right. <laughs> Some people right. need an induction because they have, you know, complications that have come up during pregnancy that they need to c- deliver their baby. Or like I know C-sections are valid and necessary sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really good balance, I feel like, between the two of us that. What are your plans for the business? Are you just going to keep trucking along or do you guys have plans to do more with it? Our current plan is to make a million (laughs) dollars in a year. If we could talk about the finance. I feel like nobody ever talks about how much their businesses make. Uh And if we we (laughs) We have a little stigma around money, Uh if we bring it back specifically to the business, because like what we have, and I hate being like financial freedom because it sounds like an MLM. I always joke (laughs) one time, Gina went to the dentist. Her daughter needed to get cavities, and the lady was like, (laughs) she didn't need cavities. She no, she had cavities. (laughs) Yeah, she had cavities that needed to be filled. Um, and the lady at the front desk kept, I don't know what she was like, trying to get her to not make the appointment for something like, cause it was like not covered she by insurance She kept like repeating herself oh. with like how much it costs and was like really going into the weeds. And I was like, I understand. I see the price. And she just kept going and going. And I was like, listen, money is not an issue. If she needs it, I'll buy it. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, stop trying to explain to me why it costs this much. I don't care. Right. She and I'm going back to that dentist when we I went to somebody else. Every time. Money is not an issue. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good, good little like uh, tagline. finger wave and everything. Yeah. Money is not um, an issue for me. So for the people that are listening that are like, well, we want what Mama Say Fit has with all their following. Some, sometimes if you have a lot of followers, it doesn't mean shit. So mm-hmm. um, you have yeah. to also have something for people to buy for you for so for people that are like i want to grow a really large instagram page because we instagram are instagram pays we you are, like two cents instagram don't pay you shit uh, they don't pay us anything now yeah they don't pay us anything now <laughs> youtube though we've made twenty dollars <laughs> congratulations <Whoa. laughs> miles we can finally monetize on youtube which was a really like seven years seven years in the making wow. um so if you are trying to build an online presence because you want to be an influencer like us, because people send us free shit all the time. I got two free mattresses, which was pretty cool. It's probably the, the pinnacle of my influencer Sweet. life. Um, you have to have an online <laughs> offering. I have both mattresses. <laughs> Roxy, I've got no mattresses. Hey, you might get a new bed because of our bed talk this morning. Listen. Or maybe I should get it. She has one of those beds, she said, where she pushes the button. Yeah. Oh, those are yeah. nice beds. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, so if you if you're trying to build an online presence, the way that like influencers make money is brand deals. And like we have brand deals and we do like sponsored stuff. It's not it's not really that much. Um, but it's having online course. So you have to have an online offering that people care about buying. Like that would be like my top tip. Um, and then for us, like you have to make yourself special within your niche or niche or whatever the word is. We've had I think either. Sh- yeah. Um, we've had a whole conversation about this. And it's then I started just combining the word into it's one. It's niche. Is that what you're saying? Niche. 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 She says niche. And I say And niche. then I combine it to, uh, you just Nished. Niche. Niche. <laughs> <laughs> we like got into her head on one podcast <laughs> and she's like, I couldn't, I can't say this word anymore. Your, your specialty. Yes. You have to figure out how He's to make yourself word. super special. Like why should someone come to you over the plethora of other people that offer prenatal and postpartum fitness. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, every other page I look at, I don't know if it's just cause of the, the life that I'm in is 
she's prenatal and postpartum certified or she's a prenatal postpartum specialist. And I'm like, cool, everyone does this now. So the way that we've made ourselves special is by incorporating the pelvic mechanics and by having this like full spectrum support from pregnancy, birth, and the postpartum period. And we're very giving with our information. People want to pay you when you are more giving at the beginning Mm because then they trust you. And so Mm -hmm. if you're gatekeeping information where you're Mm -hmm. like, well, they should pay me for this, like you're not going to make a lot of money because people are not going to be able to trust you and to Mm -hmm. build this relationship with you because that's all social media is, is Mm -hmm. relationship building. And so we're connecting with people in our DMs. We're connecting people on the posts and we're just kind of like give, give, give. Our like email marketer is like, please Stop. stop. Stop giving away so much information. Like, you're not making money from it. But the really cool side is, like, we'll have people that will message us and be like, I cannot pay for your courses, but I followed your Instagram and I read your blogs and I had an amazing birth. And mm-hmm. we're like, that's awesome. Yeah. You did all the research to have that awesome birth. And we're really, really glad to support you and to ensure that the information is accessible to you regardless of finances. And the good news is we've had, like, thousands of other people that do have the finances that pay us yeah. for sure. our courses. So I think it's about like, what is your end goal? Like as a business. So our goal is obviously to make money. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's everybody's goal, but it's also like, we want to give people the tools that they need to have an empowering, like informed birth experience and postpartum experience because potentially like, it's really hard to do that sometimes. And especially there's so many other courses out there that like you send them a question on Instagram because you have like one question and then they're like, oh, well, it's in this page of my course. Or this is like, a page well, of my book. And I'm like, thanks. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not going to go buy the book because <laughs> right. Right. I need the answer right now. <laughs> right. But thank you for telling me what page it was on <laughs> yeah. or what portion of your course it's in. And now we'll do that to people that are like, can you give me a list of exercises yeah. that I sure. can do Can you every program day a workout for me? In my DMs. I'm like, well, we have a course that you can buy for that. But if you have a specific question on fitness, I will happily yeah. answer. So be very giving with information because it builds trust with yeah. your audience. And it also helps them understand what your mission is. And your mission is not to make money off of them. It's, like, to... it's to help them with this product that you have that may or may not cost a lot of money. Um, and our courses, are, I don't think, are very expensive. Our gym is not very expensive. No. Like, But be- it's because we have so many people that are trying to pay us that it's like, oh, whatever, we could charge $10 for this course. Right. Um, so if you're trying to build an online presence, you have to have an online offering. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense for someone in India to follow you if you live here in Southern Pines. Like, mm-hmm. Have something online. Don't be afraid of creating something that is not a thousand percent perfect. It's never going to be perfect. I'm continually refining our fitness programs. We're continually refilming and updating our childbirth education course. Um, So you're never going to have this perfect product. And the more that you're afraid of not presenting this perfect thing, the harder it's going to be. So, but... After you have all these online products, you have to also then promote them mm-hmm. and share them in various venues. So having an email list is really important. Learning how to build an email list is really, really, really beneficial. So freebies are like a really good way to do that. So here's our free ebook on how your partner can support you during birth. Here's our free ebook on how to approach fitness during your pregnancy. And just, just think of something that's specific to your realm so that people can get like a taste of what you offer within your online course. 
And then when they get that freebie and they sign up for your newsletter, they enter into a workflow where you just like bombard them with emails of why you're amazing and they should pay you money. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> ways that you could support them in other ways. Money is, there's so much stigma around money. And so yep. our first year after we launched the online stuff, I think it was like 500K. Was it that much? It was a lot. The first year? It was a lot. This is just online courses. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I think it was 300. The gym was not making any money. The oh, gym yeah. barely the gym makes barely barely make. I think we make $100 a month off the gym after all our expenses. But it's nice to have a space. It's nice to hang yeah. out with people in person. Yeah. yeah. The second year was like 750 And then this year, I think we're on track oh, for yeah. over a million. Um, this is just online stuff. This is the first time we've ever said this out loud on a recorded platform. Um, so it is possible don't to make stop buying our courses. Please. I know. <laughs> no, I no, I don't think this will continue. jinx you. Continue. I don't think it'll jinx you. I think it shows your credibility. And I think people just get this huge stigma and think like wealth and money and success has been made to be seen as evil. And it's not yeah. like you worked your tails off to get it and you deserve it. And I think people, I think it's good for people to talk about Like, I want this to be all of my friends and, like, everyone's that I meet reality. Like, Mm -hmm. we go to Disney twice a year. Well, Gina goes to Disney. I go to Disney. We go once. And it's not not not. because I budget Disney Mm -hmm. by any means. Like, I'm not, like, bringing my own snacks to the park. I'm like, my child has touched this toy. I will buy it for them. Um, But, like, we have this, like, and I hate it, financial freedom. Like, this is not an MLM, but... Um, because of Instagram, because of social media, and because of online courses that we were able to develop. And I know that it's possible for everyone else in my life. And I am always like, let me help you. Mm-hmm. Let me help you achieve this. Um, but I think the first step is just like getting over this desire for perfection, just coming up with an idea and just going with it. But also and figuring out what makes you yeah. special and know that you bring something unique to the table. And that was something that was really, like, I think I really pulled from my experience in the military. Like, I deployed with this really, really high-level group of people. And I was like, oh, wow, I am just a lieutenant. Like, why the fuck am I here? And they were all like, no, like, you bring something really valuable to the table that we cannot provide. And so we need you on our team. And I'm like, oh, like with my like fucking three years in the army. Okay. Um, (laughs) and that was like, okay, like I contribute more than I think I do. Mm -hmm. And everyone in their own little circles contribute in a way more than they think they do. Roxanne contributed more in a way that she thinks she does or did. Hopefully now she's more confident in herself. (laughs) She's shaking her head. No, (laughs) probably not. I can say she was a very nice nurse. (laughs) And see, and she, and uh, you were my nurse for baby number five too. And I went in with the same thing at Mm -hmm. 23 weeks. And um, like you actually cared and listened to me. And that stuff makes a lasting impression because what if you were having a bad day and you were like, whatever, this girl's over-exaggerating and then now you've got this like people need to understand how much their interactions and how giving they are and caring Mm -hmm. they are about people affects everything so yeah yeah, it's definitely I, i think that's definitely something that comes with a little bit of maturity right i don't know how old you were at that point where you were like oh i'm going along on this like cool guys thanks for inviting me i think i was like 25 or 6 yeah and i think that's baby yeah Absolutely. Um, There's a turning point, I 
think at 30 that we've talked about a lot where you're like, oh, I guess I'm a little more mature now and I think in a different way. My frontal lobe is now fully formed and I can make better decisions Yeah, and kind of see maybe a little bit more from the outside of what you do bring to the table. I think it's the imposter syndrome that holds everybody back. Oh, yeah. From- and wanting to be a perfectionist probably yeah. also. I, I also feel like it's probably a little bit our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like subsequent generations have also it's just like snowballed where everyone just has this like need to be perfect for to be accepted by everyone around them and if they're not perfect then they're unworthy in a way like I just started school like I finished my first term in midwifery school and I the entire time was so stressed taking tests I was like I'm gonna fail this test I'm gonna do so terrible and all of them except for one I did not do terrible <laughs> yeah. I like got a 90 <laughs> in the class so obviously I'm not dumb but right. I had a mental breakdown when I got a 75 on one of the tests <laughs> and Gino Gino's like I'm in the parking lot just like bawling the day after I took it and Gina's like do you want me to take your children for a second and I'm just like I'm so dumb I'm gonna fail school oh, no. but it's like all of the years of schooling you have all of this anxiety and like this like push to be perfect and like know what you're gonna do when you're like 12 years old right yeah and you need to get like 100 on all of your exams and it kind of created this group of people i guess like this generation of people that have this imposter syndrome because they're like i did i'm not good enough right in a way i mean it's probably social media though probably a little Uh, bit social media for sure because pretty much from college on or i guess even high school with like myspace it was all social media and so where everyone's pushing this like perfect aim away message oh my gosh now with threads i'm like oh god not even going there i'm not even um so there's this like perfect image that everyone is like Mm -hmm. posting and putting on their like instagram feed that is like look how wonderful my life is and Mm -hmm. then you're following all these pages that are Mm -hmm. like posting the perfection of their life and even when they're like this is my raw motherhood photo it's still like a curated like yeah. here's me crying uh like photo <laughs> right, yeah. like it's not like right. them screaming at their kid right. like oh hey no, let me take my phone out as i'm like losing my shit right right right, right. <laughs> like, that never happens no one no. remembers to do that today at no. swim lessons it was oh, just gosh. me with the five kids because roxanne had a prenatal appointment and my mom and Roxanne's two kids like run in the parking lot, and so I'm like trying to wrangle them to not die. And then my mom is like yelling at me for yelling at them. And then like <laughs> I'm trying to get my three kids into the swim lessons. We're late, trying to get my daughter into her swim lessons. And this lady just keeps looking at me like, <laughs> and I just want to be like, look at your fucking self. But then I'm like, she might know who I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mama say, <laughs> and then she's like. <laughs> Be like, oh my god! I saw Mama say it so much, and then she was yelling at her kids. And then I was like, God damn it! I can't even like be raw motherhood. No, you can't even be just like. <laughs> but guess normal. what? I didn't do. I didn't pull my phone out at that time and be like, Look at how much I'm breaking down right now. Right. <laughs> like, I'm gonna yeah. do that. No, I'm not gonna do that. But if I do that, it's gonna be later when I'm calmer and I'm like, Oh, I just I yelled at my kids today. Like motherhood is hard Mm -hmm. like no so we have this curated feed that's being like pushed on us where we think that this is how other people are living their lives these are other people are running their businesses Mm -hmm. like 
Gina and Roxanne are perfect. And they oh, have no. like, that's why we have messy buns all the time. We're trying to be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, my husband's always like, did you walk around all day like that? And I'm like, oh, what are you trying to say? What do you mean? And he's like, your hair is like, like a little to the like, side. It's not even centered. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's this the, is the look. Okay. This is the messy bun I guess look. now it's middle part. Oh, oh yeah, I can't. I'm never gonna. I can't no, do I don't think I can part. even do that anymore. My hair no. doesn't go. Just middle. 35 years of side like, mm-hmm. flat, just, and then yeah, poof. Yeah, I, my husband jokes that he could be a stay at home dad, uh, and he's like, I'll just stay at home with the kids. All he's still day in the army. And play, and it'd be great. He's still in the army. Oh, yeah. that's why. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you would like this for about a week. Yeah. I think. My husband, yeah, my husband said that till he started retiring, and then he was home more, and he's like, "Yep, nope, this is not for me." Right? So yeah, he's yeah. like, "I've got to do something," and he's very much introverted, like you're saying, which is funny because most business owners are like a lot more <laughs> extroverted. Yeah. So I was wondering how that kind of worked for you, but um, and it doesn't work well sometimes. <laughs> I'm usually like hiding behind somebody who I know is a lot more outgoing, and I'm like, "Can you go talk to that pregnant lady and tell her about my business?" <laughs> So I will never approach a pregnant person and be like, hello, I think you need me. I will just stare at them very often. Here is my, my business card. card. But my mom is, our mom is very like social butterfly. And so everywhere she goes, she's like. It's funny because both our oh parents my God, are social butterflies. You should totally like join my daughter's gym. It's amazing. And then she's like, here's her business card. And then I, they show up to the gym and I'm like, hello. <laughs> welcome Hi. welcome are you here for me that's funny because i i wouldn't have guessed that you were an introvert gina is an introverted uh, extroverted introvert. oh yeah that's what extroverted <laughs> introvert so she needs if i'm very comfortable i can be very outgoing but i will not initiate mm. so that's why when i walked in your house i was like hi <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we are for until you engage with me yeah i mean i'm an extrovert i wouldn't necessarily go up to people I didn't know. I would if I like was in a situation where I was like, no, you have to or you're not talking to anyone. Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely good with opening conversation. I am not. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I am. I need someone else. Too. It's not good for business. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably have a lot more in-person clients if I was like really, really outgoing. Because there are so many pregnant teens women. are like, yeah. I mean, why do you have not to talk that. to everyone, mom? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I just I like people. Yeah. Well, and I just feel like so many places you go, people are so rude, and that it's like a breath of fresh air to see someone like yeah. that's actually friendly with you at the post office or on an airplane or oh, yeah. whatever it may be. But my kids are always like, Mom, you don't have to talk to everybody. And I'm like, Well, I'm just trying to be friendly. Yeah. And they're like, still, it's annoying. That's I mean, huge... I think I'm friendly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, you're but friendly. I'm, but I'm not yeah. like, let me initiate a conversation to learn all about your life. But I have always, like the Humans of New York page, I'm mm-hmm. always like, man, that's probably really interesting because like, you know, everyone brings something to the table. Everyone probably has a really interesting story about mm. them that oh, yeah. defined them. And oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, it would be really cool. Like I went, when my husband and I are driving through town, we're like, we'll see somebody randomly walking. We saw this like old guy that was like pushing his groceries by himself. And I was like, oh, I wonder what his story is. And then we made up our own story. And mm. I was like, I love that. oh, but it would be probably better if we asked him what it was. But I mean, I'm can you imagine pull over and be like, hey, hey man, <laughs> tell me your story. Tell me your story. <laughs> it's like, oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a um, uh, humans of Pinehurst. Oh. I did see that. Yeah. I'm, I did mm-hmm. not see that. Kara Mathis runs it. She was on coffees, coffee and mimosa conversations with us. She's great. Yeah, you should check it out. Oh. There's fun stories on there. Hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. Check Very out. fun. Yes, yes. I just cry when I watch this. Like, <laughs> just read the stories. I'm just like, oh, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. So yeah. that's going to be me about people in power um, now. Real quick, have you guys ever taken the Enneagram personality? I'm an eight. I'm not surprised by that. So I actually just took the test and again, cause I was, a, I'm a six or I thought I was a six. And then this test said I was a nine and then I Googled it and six and nines are commonly uh, mismatched. So I could be a six or a nine. Well, it, so it's all about core motivation, how yeah. you view the world. The nine is the peacemaker. So they do not like conflict because they don't want to yeah. rock the boat in any Which, way. Yeah. They want peace. What's so. six? Six wants safety, security. security. So they want. I would like both of those. Which is when you think about it, which one is like your, your deep. For me, I'm all about power. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a control thing, but it's not because it on the day. You'll have to read but into I both the to, six like, and yeah, the nine. When more. I re- I took the test once and I was like, it was very clearly six. What mm-hmm. helped? And then the next time I took, I just took it recently because we just did like a retreat and everyone asked, and I was like, maybe I'm not a six. <laughs> Maybe mm. I should look. Do you have a lot of anxiety? Oh, incredibly. Do you have a Does lot of like contingency anxiety? plans for things? You create like 12. Okay. You might be a six. When I took it, like I was super high on one, three and eight. And then I had to read all of the healthy and not healthy. And I'm like, oh, okay. I follow into these. Oh, see the test I took wouldn't let me do that unless I paid them $40. So oh, okay, then just, just go Google, Google it. Just you gotta, Google you it. gotta look at the like, mission and see which one speaks most I'm just to you. Gonna, this is what I read on a podcast or listened to on a podcast. Yeah. It's about like, <laughs> yeah, there's a wounding message for each type. And yeah. then your really your core motivations for why you do the things you do because a six Six's behaviors and a nine's behaviors can look very similar, mm-hmm. but it's about why you do them. Yeah. You know? And the eight, you're like, I'm all about power. But it's, yeah. it's, Which is Gina. it's not, it's not power as like, I want to be higher than you. It's like, I just want to control yeah. everything. everything because it'll go good if I do. Well, and also, it's not about you controlling other people as much as it's like, I no, I need to be thing. in control because I don't want you to control me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's like a trust thing too. Where like I don't trust not you, but like I don't trust that other people will do. Mm-hmm. So what I have been working on a lot for myself in our business is Delegate. delegating mm. and letting other people take things for me that I know that I don't have to do because it frees up my time. Right, and now I can spend more time with my kids. Right. So that's like the it's ultimate. So hard. Like- it's so hard to do it, Be- but I'm, I'll sit there and I'm like, somebody else can do this. I don't need to place this shirt order. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like somebody else is capable, but I'm like, but what if they don't order the right one? Or what if they don't know this? Or what if they yeah. don't know that? And sometimes it takes so much more time to delegate it than just do it yourself. But eventually because you do it the right way. I do it the right way. <laughs> yeah. She's an Enneagram time. one. So she's a perfectionist. Yeah. It's really a problem. Yeah. <laughs> every yeah. every number has Ugh, their all their issues. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. I've told my husband he's a five. Mm, he's I like listen to one thing on eight where it's like he, eight likes to provide financial support to all of their family. And then uh, we're in the business together, but like I started it. And so I've like Roxanne's family is financially supported because of Mama's Day and like our parents. We also pay them to watch our kids and stuff. So it's like three families that Mama Stay Fit is. And then we have a full-time employee so that we're four. So we've got all these families that are being supported by Mama Stay Fit. And I'm like, oh, my needs. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have met my own needs. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I say every payday. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what an 
amazing like gift this is. I'm like paying these people. And there's some people I pay that get paid more than me. And like when I like write their write their check, that's not really writing their check, but when I pay them, I'm like, wow, they made more than me this <laughs> pay period. And it's like makes me feel so good that they because I wing too to be a helper, mm-hmm. a one wing too. And I'm like, oh, this is a cool thing that we're doing. Yeah, because it's definitely more than nobody goes. I mean, everyone, I guess, at the end goes into business to eventually make money. But like, yeah, unless we're going you're in philanthropic. with like a a mission to support or to serve in some way, whether it's like I'm really passionate about selling certain items or doing a service. And then the really cool byproduct is I make a lot of money doing it to where that I can then support all these families so they can do all the things that they want to do with their lives. And so it's pretty cool being a small business owner. I would have never thought that I would become an entrepreneur. It was always like really scary Mm -hmm. to me. Um, and it has been uh, very like I've been very fortunate to have my husband being in the military because it is like a very stable, stable job. It's really hard sure. to get kicked out of the army. Yeah, there's a lot of safety there. Risk. Stability. And so it's like, well, I have health insurance and I, I can experiment with this business mm-hmm. for X number of years because I think yep. it was at almost three years of Mama Stay Fit before we really started making money. Mm-hmm. I think I was usually like negative most months just. And so like. But I couldn't have done that if I was a single mom or sure. if I didn't have the support of my husband financially and then like his just like actual like physical support of mm-hmm. like, okay, I come home from working all day and instead of being like, where's my dinner? I can help with the baby and yeah. you can focus on your business. And so I'm really thankful for him too to sacrifice in that way as well because he could have very well come home and been like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, right. this is a hobby. Like, yeah. get over it. Like, just focus on the baby, cook me dinner, all that. Um, and so he's been very supportive of Mama Stay Fit from the beginning because he's like, I just knew it was important to you. And now he gets to be a trophy husband. Yeah. And just See, work on his car and cook food. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I've made it. Any, any dude that tries to, like, talk shit to me about how my wife makes more money than me, I'll just show him a picture of my grill. Mm -hmm. like (laughs) yeah yeah make fun of this buddy Um, yeah I think that's the really incredible thing about being a military spouse you know is that um you don't have to hold off on the things that you want to do because your husband is dragging you all over the country or whatever there if you make time and come up with a plan Mm -hmm. and have that support you can also live your dream and have that and then when your husband retires it's like like Luke comes to work at the school and he like rides on his tractor and builds things, but it's not an obligation that he has to do. It's because we've hustled and built this business. Mm-hmm. So we knew when he retired that he didn't have to go work for anybody else, you know? So it was like, no, this was, this was the plan. And you can do that if you just put your head down and figure out what you're good at, what you have to offer, what you value, like you were saying, yeah. and then have that support in that plan to execute it. That's something mm-hmm. that we all have in common. Yeah. Yeah. exactly you don't have to wait thinking about it before you hit the re- like you don't have to wait till they retire right. and actually it's better to not wait yeah. <laughs> because don't do that. then you can get it up and running yeah. yeah so when they retire you're set yeah so well, well this has been so fun it's been really thank fun. you guys thank so you. much for coming on thanks for yeah. having us yeah thank you for this inviting great time. us hopefully people get something out of it besides just listening to us Oh, chat. <laughs> no, I'm sure that they yeah. will. Here's that like, imposter syndrome. I hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Was it good? This uh, hour and 42 like minutes. Like oh and review. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Let so, one angry email come to our inbox, and I'm just crumbling. And, like, we had somebody today. emailed today who was like, 
I'm just not really feeling this cookie cutter program. And I was like, ah! oh, d- death <laughs> to the whole okay. program. Well, she did. I think she did our prenatal and our postpartum programming and then bought our like beyond postpartum. And she's like, this just feels like the same thing, but it's completely different reps and sets with different exercises. But it just feels like a cookie cutter program. And I'm like, you have I- to remember hormones, sleep deprivation. Yeah, <laughs> she has crazy <laughs> hormones and she's sleep deprived. Usually the anger emails we get, I'm like, you're probably going through a lot. And so I, you know, I get, I like to give people grace who are being angry. I'm like, it's probably not me. It's not, mm-hmm. us, it's not you. Well, we can't please all the people all the time. No. But you please know? like and review and let us know that you love us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, need, I need the validation. <laughs> please like our posts. And, and say us. hi in Disney follow World our, and Aruba. Follow our Instagram. Yeah. Like everything. Comment I mean, every everyone day. likes to be complimented. And like, so like nursing, no one like sends you a thank you card most of the time to be like, uh, thank you, you were so amazing. But the ones that you do, like this was really nice. And I'm going to go cry in my car on the way home. Oh, it's really nice to hear. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah. So I love that. I like the external compliment yes some words of affirmation yeah 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 for sure (laughs) all right so you you can be found at Uh, mamastayfit.com it's mama s-t-e fit um same thing for our website like we have a blog we also have a podcast the mama stay fit podcast if you wanted to hear our birth stories we do share them on our podcast it's like episode Two, four, six, eight, and ten. (laughs) Twelve, fourteen it's really funny people thought that we were one person. Oh. And I was just nonstop pregnant. Like, like nobody like else year here. after yeah. year though. the second option was we were a lesbian couple oh. who were just flip-flopping each year i'm like that's Which, not smart that's, that's what a expensive. fun concept would not though. be smart be really no. expensive I think. that would be also expensive. yes um and then eventually we were like we're two people we're sisters <laughs> we're not twins we With have husbands, husbands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were sometimes who do you think these random dudes are yes our page that's are? the best part is he, our husbands are in our videos <laughs> that's like, funny this is just who is this guy? I found on yeah. the street. To you can take also this find video. us off US 5 near Lynette's Bakery at the Mama Stay Fit Gym. You can work out with us in person. It is an open gym format. So you come during our block times to do your individual workout with a coach and with other moms. Your kids are welcome to be in the space. Your partner can come and work out for free. Um, at this time of this recording, the membership's $99 a month for unlimited access. We also have a chiropractor, massage therapist in the gym as well for some additional professional support. We have our childbirth education course that's pretty much every month. Um, some months we do skip, uh, skip words. Um, <laughs> and then you can sign up for all our classes and stuff on MindBody. If you have a really awesome home gym and you do not want to stay us in person ever, you can work out online. And we have a lot of online resources as well. But always happy to answer questions in our DMs for free. You can email us for free. We'll never tell you to go away. Like we're We probably give away way too much information. We just want you to have... A good pregnancy, a really awesome birth experience. We only have so many in our lives, unless we're you, and then you have five. (laughs) (laughs) But even five is not not that many. And so we want to have a really good experience for this really transformative time in our lives. And then we want to help you heal postpartum because you don't have to pee yourself or have issues for the rest of your life. You can get stronger and feel like yourself again, um, either with our in-person community or with our online one. So here to support however you may need, you may need. I love it. I love it so much. I wish I would have had it if I could transport myself back to 20, 2009. You can 2009. 2009? <laughs> Before 2009. we said 20. Right. Yeah. 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 2009. That would have been a really amazing experience. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really 
happy that you guys are local here. You could come in with us and just what you're offering is so incredible. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Bye guys. Bye.